This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Praise the Lord, precious family. It is so, so good to have this worship experience with you tonight. And I'm excited. I mean, last week we had, we had Apostle Alan Bagg speaking to us about taking the lead in myself, leading myself. And this week we are really excited because we also have all the way from KZN, Dr. John Torrance, and he's gonna be speaking to us about leading our families. And I said this morning, that is so important in these times today. So Dr. John Torrance, are you with us? Yes, I am. Good evening to you, Pastor Jen, and all of the CFC family. Wonderful to be with you tonight. Praise the Lord. Dr. John, um, I'm just going to hand over to you because I know you've got a great, great message for us and we're excited. We can't wait for it. So I'm just going to say it's over to you now. We're looking forward to it. Okay, praise the Lord. Well, I want to just first of all thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bear for the awesome privilege that we have of being able to minister to each and every one of you. And whatever platform you're on tonight, whether it be the Facebook platform or YouTube platform, thank you for the privilege of allowing us to come all the way uh, into your homes. We might be social distancing, uh, but that doesn't mean to say that we can't still be connected. And what a great opportunity we have through social media to still be connected. And I want to encourage you, family, if you know people that are out there that are not connected, why don't you get a hold of them, uh, host a watch party, do whatever it is, and get people connected uh, into the things that God is doing. So uh, excited because this month is the month, uh, Women's Month. Uh, and we've just w let the woman know that we've given them one month. The remaining 11 months are ours. We just wanted to clear the make you know, just make it clear to everybody that that's how it's going to work. Uh, but what a privilege uh, for for us to be here, coming all the way from Durban, KZ, and of course you know it's the place where God lives, and then He visits elsewhere. But again, a great privilege to be able to share a little bit about how to lead your family. And so I want you to get your Bibles out. This, uh, the sermon outline uh, should be available on your church app. It's there for you to have a look at. And I want to encourage you to get in, into the Word and let's see what it is that God has to say to us tonight. So Father, I thank you for the privilege, the responsibility that you've laid on us tonight. And as we come to you, Lord, we come not in our own capacity, but we come in the mighty name of Jesus. And I thank you for this word that travels through the airwaves and no matter what social uh, media platform it is, God, that it's coming into homes tonight, into families, into marriages, that it's touching relationships. We know that during this season of a lockdown, you are dealing with relationships. And I want to thank you today, Holy Spirit, that you would minister to the heart of every person watching today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. So I want to begin by just saying that, you know, of course, the family is a very important unit when it comes to God and when it comes to the kingdom of God. Let me just begin by giving you my first slide and, and by saying this, that God is actually a God of families. I think it's important that we lay a foundation and we, we begin to understand that God is a God of families and families have always been in the heart of God. As a matter of fact, God began with a family in Eden. 
from the very beginning when God created man. In Genesis 2 and verse 18, it says there uh, that it was not good that man should be alone. And so the Bible says that uh, God created a woman, a helper comparable to him. And in the New Living Translation, it says that I will make a helper who is just right for him. The Amplified says it like this, I will make him a helper meant suitable adapted, complementary for him. Amen. So right there and there, we begin to see a family and then God didn't stop there. But of course, we know that he blessed them. And of course, what he spoke in Genesis 1:28 pertains to the family and the family units. When he said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. So I want to say again that God is a God of families. And even after Adam and Eve fell into sin, do you know, family, that God continued with his plan for families and even spoke prophetically of the salvation that would come through the seed of the woman? And you can read that in Genesis 3 and 15. But later, after the flood, what did God do? He again reiterated his plan for families to Noah and his sons. And in Genesis 9 and verse 1, in the Amplified, it says, And God pronounced a blessing upon Noah and his sons. He's a God of families. He pronounced a blessing upon Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And so when you begin to track through the various families, you can see that God continued his plan. Of course, he chose Abraham and then miraculously gave Abraham a son in his old age. And God recognized Abram's family. And the God of Abraham then became the God of Isaac because then God recognized Isaac's family. And the God of Isaac became the God of Jacob. Why? Because God recognized Jacob's family. And all the way down until when you get to Galatians 4 and 4, it speaks about the fullness of time when God himself sent forth his son, to be born in human flesh, to live and to die for people that he himself had created who would one day become the family of God. That's you and I. And so I'm just laying a foundation here for you so that you can understand that because of that brings me to my next slide. You and I have the awesome responsibility of leading our families. All right, we're going to take this seriously. Leading our families is a big deal. It's a big deal when it comes to God because God is a God of families. But let me just say this. Leading a family first begins with leading you. Can I say that again? Leading a family first begins with leading yourself. You can't lead others if you cannot lead yourself. And more so, family, let me just tell you, you will not be able to lead the family that God has given you if your own family cannot see you leading yourself. Remember that in a family setting, you have eyes that are on you 24 hours, uh, seven days of the week, 365 days in a year. And that family of yours is tracking you 
and they are watching your every move and looking to see that you are practicing what you preach, all right? But let me say that as a believer, if you're a a child of God, let me say this, that your number one priority, our first priority is ministering unto God and building a relationship with Him. And I'm saying that because it's virtually impossible to lead a family without without your relationship uh, to God being a priority in your life. Why do I say that? Because leading a family requires all of God. You need all of God to lead that family of yours, sir. You need all of the Holy Spirit, all of the wisdom of God. And it's a huge responsibility, which means that your relationship with God ought to be strong and healthy and vibrant and real. And let me just say this, that leading, leading your family, leading your family is not about you because of the fact that you have, you know, more testosterone than anybody else or because you're stronger or, you know, you're the head of this family and you're demanding respect. I demand respect. No, it, it's got nothing to do with that. When it comes to you and your relationship with God and leading your family, let me just say this, that the family wants to see and hear Jesus in you. You are the voice of Jesus, you're the hands of Jesus, and you are the feet of Jesus. So if families are close to the heart of God, which they are, then the question is, is my next slide, how do we begin to lead our families? All right, how do we begin to do this thing? It's a big deal. It's a big responsibility. God has placed you in that family, given those wonderful children, that spouse, and how do we go about leading our families? Now, let me just say this right from the onset that I don't claim to be an expert on leading families, uh, but I do wanna say this, that I am work in progress myself, amen? But the thing is that whatever I have learned, um, I'm here to impart that. And if there is something that you can grab a hold of tonight that can help you, then, then glory be to God. All right. So let me just make it clear. I'm not a family expert. I, I, I don't make no claim to be an expert in leading my family. Uh, I'm giving it my best shot, but there are some things that I've learned. There are some things that if I had a brand, if I had to start all over again, there's some things that I wouldn't do perhaps, but whatever I have and has helped me, I'm trusting and believing that it's going to help you. All right. So the first thing that I want to say to you, if you're going to lead your family is you lead, number one, by being real. you got to be real. And I want to tell you that your wife, sir, is looking for a real husband. And your children are looking for a real father. And your family is looking for a real leader in that family. And I know we're not exactly Jesus. Uh, and so, I mean, he was all perfect. He was all righteous. He was all holy. Uh, we're, we're not that, all right? We're striving to be conformed to the image of Christ. But the point I'm trying to make is that there is still imperfections in you and me. And that means that there are going to be some days where we're going to miss it, all right? So it's not about being perfect. 
It's not about, you know, uh, attaining to some kind of a level. There are some days when you're going to miss it. And that's what being real is all about. Real means that the family gets to see you when things are good. And real means that the family gets to see you when you're going through some difficult moments. All right. So you lead by being real. And I've taken that word real, R-E-A-L, and I've, and I've got an acronyms for it or the meaning. So the R in real means if you're going to lead, all right, you have to be real, but the R means you're going to have to be relevant. And I can't begin to emphasize how important this is. Your family wants you to be relevant, And relevant means you're in touch with what's happening round about you. I am there present mentally. I'm there present with my family physically. I'm there present with my family emotionally. And I'm there present with my family spiritually as well. So let me just say this, that leading is not something that is passive. And, uh, you know, it can't be done remotely. There is no such thing as leading remotely. You are there in that family. God has placed you in that family and you have to actively engage and participate with your family. If you're going to be real and you're going to be relevant to that family, you have to actively engage. It means you have to begin to take an interest and you have to get involved with the life of those family members. So that means you're going to have to lay aside what concerns you and you're going to have to get involved in the life of those around you. And so that means there's going to be interaction. That means that you're going to have to work on cultivating relationships with your children, with your wife. It means there's going to be a whole lot of listening and hearing. The two are very different, but both are very important if you're going to lead your family. It means that you're going to have to get into conversations about their interests, all right? You cannot possibly think you're going to lead if you haven't shown you're at least interested in the affairs of your family members, all right? So you lead by being real. The word real, R, is relevant. Are you relevant? And then the E for real means that you are there to establish an ethos. Now, what does ethos mean? Basically, an ethos is a family value. And I want to tell you that you are there to establish family values in that marriage, that you have to base the leading of your family on something concrete, not something haphazard and airy-fairy. And thank God that we have the Bible and we can base our family values on the values that are found in the Bible, whether they be spiritual values, whether they be social values, whether there be, they be moral values, whether they be work ethic values, whether they be relationship values, it's all there in the Bible. All of these God values that you can base your family on. And here's the thing about values that I've learned. If you have family values and you base your values on the Bible, values is what gives the family meaning and purpose. Can I say that one more time? Value is what gives the family meaning and purpose. 
And that means you're going to be able to add value to others. And let me say this, it's a whole lot easier to lead your family when your family knows that you are trying to impart and add value to them. All right, so that's the R, then it's the E. The A in the word real, A means you're able to create an atmosphere. And so I've learned that because of values that are established, when you, when you base something on values and you affirm values, in essence, what you're doing is you're creating a culture. And culture creates an atmosphere. And, and every home has an atmosphere. Now, I remember as a young little boy, I was raised up by my grandparents and they never knew the Lord even though we were supposed Christians, but we didn't know the Bible. We didn't know the Lord. We didn't, we didn't experience freedom. And we didn't know that, you know, that God placed giftings and callings on the inside of us. We didn't know that we could make a difference. We, we didn't know God, but my grandfather loved me. And even though he didn't know the Lord, I would, could always tell by the way he drove into the driveway after work at home, I could tell you what kind of an evening it was going to be. Just by him driving in, into that, into that driveway, he would already create an atmosphere. And then he would go straight to where the liquor was, grab a hold of a whiskey bottle. And let me tell you, the atmosphere was set for violence and abuse and all kinds of stuff. But he literally had the power to create an atmosphere. I want to say that as children of God, as born-again believers, we have the power to create atmospheres in our homes. And more so because we have values that are grounded in the Word, that means then I can create an atmosphere of healing, an atmosphere of peace, an atmosphere of love. Come on. An atmosphere of forgiveness, an atmosphere of faith. And when you create such an atmosphere as a result of a culture and as a result of values that are based on the Word of God, it becomes a whole lot easier to lead that family. Hallelujah. And let me just add that in that atmosphere as well ought to be the atmosphere of joy and fun. In other words, let your family know that it's actually fun to serve God. Serving God is actually an adventure. It's not something intense and rigid and morbid. No, serving God is fun. Amen. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So does serving the Lord taste good to you? Are you having adventures with God? Are you excited about serving the Lord? If you're going to lead that family, these are some of the things that should permeate in and through your life. Like I've said before, the gospel is good news. And if it's good news to you, it'll be good news to your family. And if values and cultures are not important to you, then they won't be for the rest of your family. So that's the A, create an atmosphere. The L, the last letter, they means largeness of heart. Largeness of heart. Let me tell you, leading a family requires a large heart. And it's not because of you, but about the rest of your family, that you have to have enough room in your heart to include every member of your family, not just your favorite child, but every family, every member in that family. And we know that every family, you know, there's a child maybe that's not quite 
producing and maybe a little bit wayward, a little, maybe a little bit rebellious, whatever the case is, maybe giving you a little bit of trouble. Guess what? You have to have such a large heart that you include them, all right? Uh, if you look in the Bible, if you want to look at somebody who knew how to lead and manage people, I think there's nobody better than, than Solomon. And in Kings 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 7, it says these words, Now, O Lord my God, this is Solomon praying. He said, You've made your servant king instead of my father David, but I'm just a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people too numerous to be counted or numbered. I mean, that's a huge responsibility, God. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil for who is able to judge this great people of yours. So here's Solomon, huge responsibility, having to lead the family of God. And Solomon asked God, he said, I, I need wisdom because leading a family requires a lot of wisdom, the God kind of wisdom. But what did God do when he answered Solomon's prayer? And in 1 Kings 4 and 29, this is the response. The Bible says, and God gave Solomon wisdom, right? And exceedingly great understanding, and here it comes, and largeness of heart like the sand on the seashore. So God not only gave him wisdom, but largeness of heart. Did you see there it said largeness of heart, not largeness of mind or largeness of head. So intellectual knowledge is great, but I think if you're going to lead your family and lead it the God way, you're going to have to have largeness of heart. And everything that Solomon did from the building of the temple, the palace, the furnishings, the serving of food on the table, uh, to the manner as well in which his servants and palace officials were attired, evidenced the spirit of excellence and grandeur and also largeness of heart. There's a scripture that I always love to look at. It's 3 John 2. And it simply says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So why, why do I bring that scripture? Well, because largeness of heart is actually having a prosperous soul. Largeness of heart. You have enough room for every member of the family, but there is a, a prosperity on the inside of you that you're able to accommodate every family member. Largeness of heart means you have, to, you have large faith. You have large love. You have large patience, some for this, some of those kids, large kindness, large joy, large peace, a large capacity to serve, and a large vision for your family. Can you say amen? Number two, you, you lead by being real, but number two, you lead by being an example. You lead by being an example. And here's what I want to say. If the advice you are giving is good to lead you, then it's good to lead the family. And I've always said it, that the Bible is one of the most practical books that you can ever put your hand on. Christianity is actually about practical living. I mean, what's the use of knowing 
the, all the theology and having all the head knowledge if you can't put it into practice. What's the, what's the use of, of getting a Greek meaning or a Hebrew meaning? And all of that is great. And I love doing that myself. But what's the use of having all of that and you have a family and a marriage that is dysfunctional? Do you know, family, that when you read the Gospels, you find that Jesus was never dysfunctional. He had the ability to minister when it was needed, and then he had the ability to integrate with his family and disciples. In other words, he had the ability to socialize as well. And people were attracted to him, especially the social outcasts of society. He would teach, preach, heal the sick, and he taught, used parables and everyday life as examples, and then he demonstrated what he had just taught. In other words, Jesus led by example, and he never asked his disciples to do something that he himself was not prepared to do. I don't know if you've seen the movie Gladiator, but in the movie Gladiator, there's Russell Crowe who uh, portrays the Roman general by the name of Maximus Meridius who is then betrayed when Commodus, who's the ambitious son of the emperor, Marcus Aurelius, murders his father and seizes the throne. And of course, you know that Maximus is, is pushed out. He's reduced to slavery and then becomes a gladiator and rises through the ranks of the arena to then eventually avenge the murders of his family and his emperor. But when you look at the movie, you see how Maximus, Russell Crowe was loved by the people. What was it that made Maximus Meridius such a popular leader? I'll tell you what it, what it was. It was the fact that he would get into the trenches and into the battle and fight with his soldiers. He led by example. So in other words, what I have learned leading families, it's not so much what you say. What you say is important, but it's what you actually do that counts. Here's another example that I want to just give you. I don't know if you've heard of Michael Flatley. He's the guy that introduced that Irish river dancing many years ago. And when he had the idea of this Irish river dancing, he tried to talk to the people and some of them were yawning and they were like looking at their watches. They were disinterested. And then what he did in sheer desperation to try and get their attention, he switched on the tape recorder and began to dance. And when he did that, everybody was mesmerized. And they waited with abated breath for the next move that he was going to say. He had bought them, not because of what he, or what he said, but because of what he had done. He led by being an example. So we can lead by being real. We can lead by being example. And then my third and last point is you lead and you lead your family by taking the lead. Got to take the lead. If you're going to lead, then you've got to take the initiative and lead. When you understand that God has given you this phenomenal family, what a privilege it is, and he's given you the responsibility, and with that comes the anointing for that task. You have been anointed to lead your family. If you're a single mother, you've been anointed to lead that family. If you're the father and the mother, whatever it is, you have been anointed to lead that family, which means you have to step into that office. And when you do, all that you need is found in that office. All the gifting or everything you need. 
And let me just say this, that leading is a work in progress thing. I don't, I don't know everything about it. I'm learning. I'm learning as the day goes by. I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. And I've come to understand that leadership skills and abilities are always evolving. I don't know everything all at once. And, but it comes with time and sometimes it comes with trial and error. But as you step in by faith, hallelujah, you'll be amazed at how God will equip you and lead you every step of the way. So if you're going to lead, you, if you're going to lead, you're going to have to step in and lead. And you're, you're going to need a vision for your family. It's impossible to lead your family without a vision. And with that vision comes the how to get the vision done. In other words, what steps would you take in order to see that vision fulfilled? And then the attitude behind that vision that would in turn inspire and motivate the rest of the family to follow in that vision. Hallelujah. Now I want to just end by saying to you that God is a God of families. He's into families. And it behoves us to take that responsibility to lead. If you don't lead your family, you're going to find others are going to lead your family. The teacher at school who doesn't know the Lord is going to lead your kid. So we have to take the initiative and we are going to have to do it ourselves. Let me just say that for every family, God has a plan and a purpose. Can I say that one more time? Maybe you're listening to me and maybe, you know, maybe you had kids and you weren't planning to have kids and maybe you thought it was, they were accidents. They, they were not accidents in God's eyes. For every family, God has a plan and a purpose. And that includes every single member in that family. Even those that you're having difficulty with now, maybe they're rebellious, maybe they're giving you a hard time, whatever it is, I don't know. All I know is that God is into families. He's a God of families. And every one of those family members is in the mind. They were in the mind of God before they were actually born. Hallelujah. Every one of those. And God has put giftings and talents on the inside of those families, those children that you have, the wife that is there with you, even in your life as well. And our job is to lead that family and to lead them in the things of God, the presence of God. Hallelujah. So I want to pray with you right now. Father, I want to thank you for your word that has come to us today. Oh God, that we would take up the course, that we would lead our families with a passion, with a determination, that we would be intentional, God. I know that we're not perfect as leaders. And when it comes to our family, if there's anybody that knows us behind the scenes, so to speak, it's our families. They see us when we're down. They see us when we're up. They see us on a good day. They see us on a bad day. That's what being real is. But I want to thank you that even in this day and age, through this lockdown, that you are dealing with families, you are dealing with relationships. And I pray today, God, even, that, even as this word has come, that it's challenged some people, that in some families there's been a stirring. Lord, I pray that there would be a rising up where there have been family members that have been complacent and they haven't led their families. 
Let this word stir. Let it encourage my God. Father, in the name of Jesus, let there be a healing that comes right now. Lord, I thank you that you would give us largeness of heart, even when it means that we have to forgive and we have to just release and we have to bless and we have to love. Give us largeness of heart today for every family member in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As I've been speaking, family, maybe as it is, I, listen, it takes all of God. It takes all of God to lead your family. I cannot for a moment rely on my own self because I'll, I'll just mess up. And the self is really interested in the self. And when you are, you know, when you're separated from God, it's all about you. There is the selfishness and self-righteousness that arises. But I want you to know that God wants to be a part of you leading your family. And for whatever reason, I don't know what it is, but maybe you're finding yourself today in a place where you're away from God. You have no peace with God. Whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is, I'm here to tell you that right now are in the place that you are finding yourself, you can come back to God. You can find God. You can encounter this incredible God that I'm speaking about tonight. And it's, it's not, I'm not offering you religion. It's, I'm not offering you a philosophy. I'm not offering you something mystical, something airy-fairy, something that is not concrete. I, I'm not offering you that. I'm offering you the person of Jesus Christ. In 2,000 years, he came and died on a cross for you and for me, shed his blood for you and for me, and took all of our iniquities, all of our transgressions, were placed upon Jesus. Now, the Bible says, he who knew no sin was made to know my sin, was made to know your sin. That's the incredible God that we serve. And you say, but Pastor John, you don't know how badly I've messed up. Doesn't matter how badly messed up you have done or how, how far away from God you are today. What matters is that you understand you can come back to Him. If you've never known Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you, tonight is your night. If you're away from God and you're at six and sevens for whatever reason, let me tell you, if you can get your relationship with God right, everything else will find its place, including your family and including your ability to lead that family. It's impossible to lead your family without God. It's impossible to lead yourself without God. And when you find that peace and that forgiveness and that acceptance, man, there's a healing that comes. You are not able to love others if you can't love yourself. And how can you love yourself if you know that you stand guilty and ashamed and embarrassed before God? But tonight you can come. I want to just pray the simple prayer with you. You're watching on the various platforms and whether it's on Facebook, on YouTube. Again, I want to thank you for the privilege of allowing us to come right there into your homes. We might be apart, but we're connected still. And to all of the Christian family, church families, if you know people out there tonight, come on, let's reach out to them because it's impossible 
to lead a family without God. It's impossible to do life without God. But tonight you can come. And I want to just, you right now to lead you in a very simple prayer. Right in your homes, right in that living room, wherever you are. Maybe you're at a workplace, I don't know. Would you pray this prayer? Say after me, Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight in Jesus' name. And I ask you for forgiveness. I repent tonight, Lord. I'm sorry for leading my own life all by myself. Tonight I surrender with my heart, I believe, and with my mouth, I confess that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Thank you for your blood that cleanses me and washes me. Today, right now, I receive eternal life and I'll never be the same from this day onwards. Jesus, I belong to you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Family, thank you so much to Pastor Jenny and all of the wonderful pastors and people there at CFC in Johannesburg. We love you. We send greetings all the way from Durban. Uh, until next time, God bless. Wow, thank you, Dr. John. Wasn't that amazing, family? What a powerful, practical, and may I say real message that we can really put into practice immediately and we can start doing this. You know, it's something we can all grow in and continue to grow in. Now, if you are one of those people who said the prayer of salvation and received Jesus as your Lord and Savior tonight, congratulations. This is like the best decision you could ever make. Your life will never be the same again. And we want to encourage you, if you would just go onto our website, there's a little click that says next steps. Click on that and we would like to help you with your next steps on how to grow in God. And thank you for joining us tonight. It has been such a wonderful, wonderful worship experience. Thank you for being with us. And tomorrow morning we'll be praying at 8 o'clock, so don't miss that. We will see you there. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 